Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're really going to focus in on, on one, one verse. John chapter 8, verse 12. Now, if, you have, uh, you, you, uh, if you're following along on the Bible app, you can actually go to Calvary.online, click today's message, today's notes will we'll load there for you. You can add your own notes if you like, uh, so you can find us on the Bible app, or you can go to Calvary.online, click today's message, and it'll, it'll load, it sends you right there. So um, today, I want to begin a series on uh, vision, um, and and. This is probably going to be a little bit different than uh, other messages that you've heard on vision. And so this is part one called Light to See. And um, I, want to, I, I, I want to help every person in here to begin to live by vision. Now, I'm not saying that you as a believer are to walk by sight. I actually want you to begin to walk by vision, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, a couple of years ago, there's a great movie that came out uh, called Hacksaw Ridge. And um, it's a story uh, about Private Doss, who uh, was a conscientious objector to carrying a weapon. He was in World War II. And but he had this desire to go and serve our country as a medic. And, um, and he went to uh, this, this place that's termed Hacksaw Ridge. It was being chewed up. And it was always under a, a, a firefight. And uh, he went up on that ridge without a gun and served his, his, his comrades by rescuing them. And there was one particular rescue uh, that's in the movie that's... Uh, very telling. He comes and he finds uh, one, of a, one, of, one of the guys and, uh, he, and he finds him alive and he's, he's totally covered in dirt and blood. And what he does is he, he, he pours water on a cloth and then he wipes his eyes. And when he wiped his eyes, the guy's like, his eyes pop open. He's like, oh, I thought I was blind. He goes, no, you're not blind. Are you ready to get out of here? He goes, yeah. And he picks him up and he carries him to safety. And today, I believe that's exactly what God's going to do through his word. Through the water of his word, the church who for a long time has thought themselves blind, and yet it's just been the dirt of circumstance, the, the, the cloudiness of life has been all around. I'm telling you, the Word of God today is going to help you have vision. A vision that comes from God. Now, we're going to look at John chapter 8, and then we're going to uh, discuss this idea of vision. It says this in John 8, verse 12. It says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Hear the words of Jesus. Hear him saying these words to you today. I am the light of the world. 
He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This is a powerful scripture. It comes right after uh, a, a portion of scripture that sometimes is listed in Bibles as the woman caught in adultery. And so most of us know that story, but there was uh, these religious leaders who found a woman committing adultery, like she was in the very act. And so they grabbed the woman. I just, when I read the Bible and, and see that some things are missing, it makes me question, like, what happened to the guy? The guy was probably their friend. So they were like, uh, you better get out of here. I don't know. We don't know. But they didn't get the guy. They just grabbed the woman. And they take this woman. And in the temple courts, they throw her down before Christ. It says, the law says to stone her, what do you say? And Jesus just kneels down in the dirt. Starts writing. So all it says is starts writing. We don't know what he was writing. We can guess. It's probably the names of all these other guys' girlfriends. All of the ones that they've committed adultery with. Just writing in the dirt. And then he stands up. And he says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then the scripture says that the oldest begin to leave till the youngest. And no one was left but her. And he asks her, where are your accusers? She says, they're not here. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. And then he says this verse. In the temple. Now why is that significant? Here's why it's significant. Because he announces, I'm the light of the world. And just steps away behind the veil is a box the light of God rests on. It's in the Holy of Holies on the ark. The holiest place for every Jew. It is right there. And Jesus announces in this, this time of redemption for this woman. He now announces... You have come to this temple looking for the light of God. And I am that light. You think you're going to find light behind that curtain. The light behind that curtain was pointing to me. This whole, temple's, this whole temple is a type and shadow of me. This is what Jesus is saying. It's pointing toward him. He says, I'm the light. If I know anything about life, it's that light is necessary for vision. And vision in 2020 is necessary for us to walk in the fullness of God's call for our life. Well, how important is this word vision? Well, Proverbs 29 uh, tells us in the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. In New King James, it says it this way, and it helps us to understand what vision is. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. It says where there is no revelation. So the word vision and revelation are connected. 
That means that if you and I are to live by God's vision, it comes by a divine revelation. It doesn't come because we just sat down in January at our kitchen table and we wrote the word resolution and made a list. How many of you lived the resolutions you made in 2019? Good, I can see we're not going to have to pray for liars this morning. (laughs) Just failures. (laughs) Because that's what we are. When we try to do things in the flesh, we fail. But vision, when God gives a revelation, here's here's what it does. It directs us. Vision, divine revelation from God about who you are and about what God's plan for your life is, it it keeps you on course. You see, the picture, uh, when it says the people cast off restraint, is actually a picture of, um, well, I like to think of it this way anyway. Um, Anybody ever have a pet, especially a, a smaller dog? All my life I had big dogs until I became an adult with children. And then I wanted a small dog. Because I tried a big dog, it was demon possessed. And it's like, (laughs) seriously, I cast the demon out and the dog, just all of it. Uh, But little dogs, what they do is you open the front door and they just see a pathway to freedom. Open the front door, what do they do? They run right out. And where do they run? Straight to the road. Straight to the road, straight to danger. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that before. Your 20-pound dog trying to take take down a 7,000-pound truck. Stop! That is what it looks like. In the church, when sons and daughters don't live by vision, we see any open door and we just run through it. God's saying, stop, because there's danger. Because the scripture says, without vision, the people, something in them dies Without the restraint and direction of the Lord, there's death there. And so I want you to understand how important vision is. And I want you to know God wants you to have it. But it's important to get it right. Vision keeps us on course. It keeps us running our race. If any of you are on social media right now, you are being inundated by people trying to get you to run their race. Every commercial, there's a new diet, a new fad, something to drink, something not to eat, something to eat. Some, you're, you know, all of a sudden, they're, they're advertising real estate schools and all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of people saying, run, run our race, run our race, run our race. You know what vision does? Vision keeps you running your race. And God has a race marked out for you. So we need a a fresh revelation in order to run our race. Let me say it this way. Especially in an election year, vision 
will keep you fighting your fight. I want you to think about that. Because I think the danger this year for the church is to be fighting a fight God never called us to fight. I'm not talking about not being involved in the political process. I believe in all of that. I believe that we should stand for life, by the way. Abortion is still murder. It's still murder. Conception is where life begins. Listen, that we can... We could talk about all the other issues. That issue is a big deal. It's a big deal, I believe, to God. I think we're going to answer for it. And so we're crying. I'm not saying not to be involved. I'm saying don't fight the wrong fight. You see, it was revelation that taught Timothy how to fight. Because Paul spoke. Speaking to his spiritual son Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. It says this. It says, it says, by the prophecies previously made concerning you, wage a good warfare. What is he saying? You got a revelation from God about your assignment. And you need to be about that fight. When you are living life apart from a, 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 a vision from God, a revelation from God, you're likely to fight whatever fight is in front of you. Paul's admonition to a son is saying, listen, you wage a good warfare by knowing what God has, has called you to. Now, we're going to get into vision and really only have two points today because more than a collection of information today I want this service for you today to be an experience an encounter we can just see just through these just these few scriptures I could show you many more I have a whole I have a sermon that I spoke uh, I, I think uh, probably about a year and a half ago on the process of how to receive vision from the Lord I'm actually going to give you just uh, some course correction on, on vision, like to give you some, some thoughts that are going to help you have God's vision for your life in 2020. So first thing is this, vision is a result, it, vision begins with a revelation of Jesus. Vision begins with a revelation of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. So, so you, you should jot this down, make a personal note, write it on your heart, maybe print a t-shirt. All genuine illumination and light in this world starts from one source. His name is Jesus. All real vision in your life begins with him. Why? Because he is from the absolute beginning. He actually is the one in Genesis who speaks and light breaks forth. He's the one that stands outside of time. So if you want to know what God has for you in time, you need to understand that it starts with having a fresh revelation of the one who stands outside of time. He says, I'm the light of the world. 
And if you want illumination on, on, on where you are to go, it is found in pursuing Jesus. It is found in coming after Jesus, a revelation of Jesus. Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus, this grand church that some scholars believe that the mother of Jesus Mary actually migrated there. That she would migrate north. And so here's what he says. I'm praying for you that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's not a prayer he was praying for people he didn't know, that didn't know him, that weren't born again. This was a prayer he was praying for the church. And so church this year, what we need to do rather than make some goals is we need a vision. And that vision must start with and be centered around Jesus. Sometimes it helps us to say the opposite of what scripture says so that we, we understand. So let me say it this way. There is no light apart from Jesus. There is no light apart from Jesus. I want you to understand that the source of all light, illumination, so that you can live by God's revelation is connected to Jesus. Do you know him? I mean, when I say his name, what comes to mind? I mean, is he for you the, the, the pierced Savior still on your crucifix on the wall? By the way, he's not there. He's not on the crucifix. He went through the cross. Is he, is he, who is he to you? John, the one who would pen this gospel, would see him on the Isle of Patmos and he would hear his voice and turn around. And the one he leaned on at the Last Supper, it says this, I fell at his feet like a dead man. I fell at his feet. Why? There was a fresh revelation of who Jesus really was. It says that his eyes are blazing like fire. His hair is white as wool. His voice is as the sound of many waters. His feet burnished bronze. His, his clothing, it's, it's whiter than any launderer could ever launder it. Listen, he dwells in an inapproachable light. He is Jesus. He is the resurrected Savior. He is the reason that we are here. He created all things. He breathed life into us. He is the eternal word of God who was and is and is to come. So all things connected to vision must be connected to Christ. It's got to be about Jesus. Jesus has to be in the center of all of our seeking. Some of you are like, man, in 2020, I just wanted to lose a few pounds. <laughs> hey, I want to just tell you a story. In 2016, I think it was, uh, 
Actually, it was March of 2017. March of 2017, I heard the Lord just, uh, there was a friend of ours who was saying, hey, we, uh, we, we're looking for a place to do 72 continuous hours of worship and prayer. I said, we'll, we'll host it. Three days straight. We'll start Friday morning and we'll end Sunday night. And we did that. We actually, the ending of it was actually a community service here where uh, five, five, or five different churches came, ten different ministries came. And, um, and in that moment, something shifted for me. I was worshiping. I was praying. I wasn't even thinking about health. And literally... Uh, it happened in my wife and in me also, and, and God is a little bit sneaky. At first, as I was worshiping, I heard, began to hear the Lord just say, oh, you know what, we need to make some changes. I want to I I do something in the area of health in your wife. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll do that. And then Jehovah sneaky it really helped me. Um, What happened is, shipping weight that goes up and down and up and down and up and down, it came on us in 72 hours of worship and prayer. Let me tell you what kind of, what kind of deliverance this is for me. I loved sweet tea. Can I get a witness, okay? I need some help in here. Somebody needs to preach somebody. Okay, I need a witness because I grew up on sweet tea that's what we drank. It was, that's how we got our water. That's how we got it. I thought all water was brown with a pound of sugar in it. And really, honestly, such a grace fell on my life that I, I, I tried before to make that change. And, and, and I could not do it. But when God's grace fell on me, it was like, it was easy. But it, but it came out of seeking Jesus. And can I just tell you, I'm proud of those who by their own willpower see that like some, some headway made. But if we would position ourselves to seek Jesus, that he would be the center of our seeking, we'd be amazed at what would come upon our lives so that we could live his vision. I just knew, I, I knew God didn't want me sick. That he want me healthy enough to go and pray for people and be with people and to help and to preach and to reach and, you know, preach sermons at 7 a.m. on campuses. I knew God wanted me to do that. And you can't do that when you feel bad. And so I didn't assess all of that in my mind. I just sought Jesus. Now, is that the answer for every? You're going to have to come into agreement with it. All of you guys are thinking about lunch now. It's okay. We're fasting. <laughs> Jesus has to be the center of our seeking. Now listen. Vision comes out of Jesus. Second is this. Vision is the result of discipleship. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Those who follow me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Here's what you need to know. If you want to walk in the illumination and revelation of God, it comes because you made a choice to walk with 
Jesus. He says, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. So let's talk about the two different kinds of darkness. First, there is a darkness called sin. And there's a darkness called rebellion. And when you live as a disciple, you actually live in victory over that sin. You live in victory. There is a possibility for you to come out from under the, the slave market, to come out of the slave market of sin and come into the freedom that is sonship and being a daughter of God. That is the possibility. But vision comes from discipleship. You see when you follow. Do you see that? You see when you follow, you don't walk in darkness. Why? Because he's not leading to darkness. Matter of fact, he can't lead to darkness because he's light. And every time he goes to a dark place, it becomes light. So you need to, you, you've got to see this today, that vision comes because of discipleship, that you've chosen to pursue Jesus. How many of you read the, the Gospels, you know, they're, 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 all the disciples are with Jesus, and then suddenly, in the night, he slips away. He goes up to a mountain to pray, and he's all by himself, and the disciples wake up, and they're like, where did he go? Where is he? And they set this, this, this search party going, where, where is he, where is he, where is he, where is he? And then he's found when they seek him. Discipleship's the same way. So when you wake up in the morning, you begin to ask God, where are you? What are you doing? I want to give you just two really practical things that I, I believe that most of you probably would never apply to your own personal walk with God directly. But I want you to apply this directly, even this week, as you're praying and you're fasting and you're believing God. There's two things that Jesus modeled for us in the way that he pursued the Father that we can pursue him this way. Now, in John chapter 5, verse 19, this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. This is what it looks like. It says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So he sees the Father that's vision. And then he does what he sees. John 12, 49 says, For I have not spoken on my own authority. This is Jesus talking again. But the Father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what I should speak. This is Jesus saying, Listen, the Father tells me what to say. So let me help you. I'm just going to help you for a moment. So what's that look like? This is what it looks like. When you worship and when you pray and you get low before God and you get low before Jesus, here's how you pray. Jesus, show me what you're doing. It's probably a prayer rarely prayed 
most of our prayers are petitions. God, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and please make me feel better. Instead of taking time to live as a disciple the way Jesus modeled it for us, he goes to see what the Father is doing. And he says, I don't do anything else. What's he doing? He's living by vision. He then says, in the place of prayer and worship, here's what he hears. He hears what to say. Anybody ever get in trouble with their mouth? <laughs> James is right. It's a, it's a fire. The tongue is a fire if it's not submitted to God. But how did Jesus live as a disciple this way? How was he so effective? Here's what he did. He said, Father, I only want to say what you're saying. Lord, let me hear what you're, what you're saying so I can say that. So when we worship and when we pray and when we come before the Lord, we ought to be saying, Father, show me what you're doing. Father, I want to hear. I want to hear what you're saying. Why? Because that's the way you live by vision. That's the way you live by vision. It comes from Jesus. It comes from setting the, the only Son of God before you and saying, I, I'm setting my affection on you. I'm, I'm fixing my gaze like flint, like Isaiah says. I'm not moving from you. This is my desire, this place I long to be. So Lord, show me what you're doing because I want to do that. And for some of you, that you know, we, we misinterpret what the Lord is saying. When, when I say something like that, we think, oh, well, that, does that mean I need to be a preacher or an evangelist or go into ministry? God forbid. If you're not called to ministry, whatever you do, don't do it. Please be a really vision-minded business owner who says, God, tell me what you're saying. Show me what you're doing. And he will. There was uh, a day about a year and a half ago, I think it was. Maybe about two years ago. We, we have on Wednesday night worship and prayer here at 6.30 every Wednesday. You should come. It's incredible. God's presence comes. The reason why lives are changed here on Sunday is because his sons and daughters cry out on Wednesday. Amen. That's why. And so you should come. And learn what it's like to be in the engine room of, of the kingdom of God. And so I was, we were praying, and really it was about the church. It was about uh, some things that we were facing, and we're just praying for whatever the Lord had uh, laid on our hearts. And I'm, I'm up here walking, and all of a sudden I hear the Lord say, I want you to go eat barbecue after this. I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> and then I see a picture of a, of a waitress. She's actually wearing a Sonny's uniform. And she's holding a dog and she's crying. Tears are dripping on the dog. I'm like, okay. I don't know what that's about, God. And uh, so we, I'm like, I told a few people, I said, hey, the Lord just said something to me. First, to go eat barbecue. Hallelujah for that. And then uh, that he's going to do something at the restaurant when we get there. I said, I don't know what it is. But I saw this girl and she was holding a dog. And tears were falling on the dog. And we get there, and all of a sudden, we're getting sat. I didn't see anything. It was like nothing abnormal. I thought for sure, with how God spoke, I thought, oh, man, we're going to walk in, and somebody is going to be in crisis. Everything was fine. And uh, I walk in, and we, we get sat, 
And we're just looking around and say, okay, God, what are you going to do? And the, the waitress walks up and she says, hi, my name's Olivia. And everybody at the table who's like been around me, especially through the, the youth pastor days, they all like, when they heard her name, they all lifted their they all lifted their menus and started praying in tongues. <laughs> because in 2011, I laid hands on a girl along with two students from here who was in a wheelchair at a, at a winter conference. And God literally healed her and walked her around this stadium to finish this whole night. God healed her. I mean, it was incredible. Her name, Olivia. I walk into that same conference a couple of years later, and I'm standing in the back. They had two conferences back to back. I come in at New Year's, and I'm standing in the back. It's literally 1230 at night, and I'm standing in the back. I got my kids. We came late. I mean, the, the house is jumping, partying. You know, it's New Year's. You know, there's another conference starting the next day, which is that why we were there. And I'm just standing in the back, and I get this tug on my, on my arm. says, sir. Can I talk to you? I said, uh, yeah, I've literally been in the building five minutes. She says, well, um, all weekend, I came here with my youth group, and all weekend I've been praying to see my dad because he died two, two months ago. And, and we're about to leave, and you walk through the door, and you look just like my dad. And I you know, what do you say? I'm not a ghost. Uh, no, what I actually said was, uh, well, meet your siblings, you know. Uh, introduced them, I introduced her to the kids. I said, hey, what's your name? She said, my name's Olivia. Same conference. Uh, now this L Olivia. So I hear her name. I'm like, oh, God's about to heal you. You're not going to carry the weight of the loss of your dad anymore. We prayed for her. God gloriously heals her. We're in there five minutes. And then she set free. By the way, just last week, we were baptizing outside, and spontaneous baptisms happened. And like, because we're Calvary, we had one planned, which was amazing. Gentleman uh, Michael, who's uh, in the Army and was just recently sent off. And then the last one was, uh, she said, my name's Libby. I said, oh, really? What's that short for? She said, Olivia. I said, <gasps> I almost want to ask, any Olivia's here today? <laughs> Probably get some guys to raise their hand if you really want freedom. <laughs> uh, so anyways, a prophetic word came for her in the baptism. It was amazing. Uh, but this girl at the restaurant, here's what happened. I said, you know, this is going to sound super weird. I said, but do you have a small dog? And I told her the colors. I said, it's a small dog, like you could hold it. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah. How do you know that? I'm like, well, I was praying, seeking Jesus. And I saw a girl in a Sonny's outfit. And she was holding her dog. And tears were dripping on her dog. Now, listen, when I said that, she was holding 
menus. Now, what happened next is not my fault. <laughs> Literally, she, she starts to collapse, and, and the, the menus kind of fall on our table, and she starts to not like, <laughs> she's ugly crying. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, ah, ah. And so what happened is, is she was going through just a horrendous thing. She had lived for the Lord before, and God was coming to embrace her because she felt like she was in so much darkness. Prayed for her, and God healed her. It was amazing. And, and all of that, listen, listen, all of that comes out of vision. It comes out of pursuing Jesus and then walking with him. I wasn't thinking about the girl. I was thinking about following Jesus to the place of prayer because I was believing that God wants to do something in this region that is bigger than just one successful church. I'm asking God for an awakening on our campuses that our schools would be changed, that our churches would reflect Christ, that this community would be transformed, that the drug houses would shut down because nobody's addicted. I'm walking with Jesus going, God, I'll believe, I'll pray, I'll go, I'll minister, I'll love. And then God shows me a picture of a waitress with a dog. Guys, can I tell you, there's no other place you want to be than in the center of God's vision for your life. That's where you want to be. So that's why you got to get down on your knees and you got to say, Jesus, all vision starts with you. All real life change starts with you. Not because I mentally ascend that I need a Savior, but because I have a revelation of the Savior who loved me and gave himself for me, who became sin for me, that I in him might become the righteousness of God. All vision in life comes out of this revelation that Jesus is king of all. So whether you're called to influence schools or, or whether you're called to influence government or whether you are called to ministry, you've got to know that all vision for this year has got to come from Jesus and it's got to come from walking with him. And it's a choice. Galatians 5.25 says this, if we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit, that's referring to being born again. But then, you can choose. You can choose to walk with Jesus. To live out His purposes. To live out His desire for your life. Some of us have never prayed this prayer, and here's what's happening in this message Private Doss is coming with the washing of the water of the word to wipe out those things which have kept you from seeing clearly God's desire for your life. It's like your eyes are getting opened right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you're seeing, oh, I haven't been pursuing Jesus. I've been pursuing uh, wealth and I've been pursuing good things maybe. and I've been trying to be better, uh, but that's not really been working out. God is just wiping your eyes in the spirit so you can begin to see him for who he is and begin to understand that real vision happens when you follow Jesus.
Isaiah 1.19 says this. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. We have to agree. I believe many of us in here are born again. But I, don't, I, I believe that much of the church walks in darkness because they're not following Jesus. And here's what I know. God told me, like, in the end of November, he said, this year I'm releasing a grace upon the church to come follow me like never before, to get rid of the mixture, that they'll find such delight in who I am, they're going to run after me and walk in concert with my will like never before. That's what he's doing. And that's why your heart's burning now, because you know you're made for more than normal, because normal is killing us. You're made for so much more. You're made to walk in perfect union with Jesus. You're made to walk with him and to follow him. And then here's what it says. And you will have the light of life. You won't have to go looking for it. You'll live in it. You'll, the light of life is in you. So everywhere you go, you're not afraid of dark places. Why? Because you showed up. Because you're following Jesus. Man, I showed up and Jesus showed up. And all the darkness just ran. I submit to God. I resist the devil. And what's he do? He runs. Guys, there's no hard places. There's just dark places Jesus is waiting to come. And the way that will happen is if we get his vision where Jesus becomes the center of our vision and all of the vision that we have in our life flows out of following him. Today, the end of this service is going to be much different than others. I believe if that there is in this room people who want to live by God's vision, I know it, I see it in your eyes, I sense it in your heart. You're like, I want to be a part of something meaningful this year. I want to partner with God. I see it in your eyes. I feel it in the spirit in this place. Here's what you do. First thing, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God or you're far away from God, you repent and you come home. You give your life to Jesus. He'll fix everything that you're thinking is going to fall apart. He will. he will. He will put all things in order. Next in this room are a group of born-again people headed to heaven who have not been choosing to walk with Jesus. Who this year, in this room now, feel a grace to say, God, I'm coming after you this year. I'm tired of walking in darkness. I'm tired of not seeing through the dust of circumstance. I'm tired of being blinded by things that are coming against me. I am going to come after you and you're the light of the world. So I will have vision. I believe that's what's going on in this place. And if you're here today and you need to get right with God, I want you to come. And if you're here today and you're a Bible-believing person and you're a follower of Christ or you want to be a follower of Christ, I want you to join me down here. Today's service is going to end by doing what we said. I want you to start the journey of vision for this year with me on your knees. To begin to pursue Jesus. Out of a genuine place. To not just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go through the religious motion, go through another service, and just, you know, hope everything goes well. No, I'm going to position my heart to actually encounter him and choose by an act of my will to follow him. 